Hello, Gasheads, and welcome to Why Are You Smiling? I'm in Why? a good mood. Oh, are you? Okay, right, fine. <laughs> Why are you Fucking smiling? Oh, you're not allowed to smile now. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a very serious podcast with serious Gasheads. Right. Hello, Gasheads. <laughs> it's like a honk. <laughs> <laughs> You even get mocked by pastors. You don't get this in. Uh, you don't get this in the sport. <laughs> Human. Hello, gasheads, and welcome to this week's episode of Gascast. Or should I say welcome back, because it is our first proper pod for about six weeks or so. Um, so yeah, if we seem a little bit rusty, then give us a bit of slack, because this is pretty much our pre-season. Um, we are on Zoom tonight, rather than in person, because Max selfishly decided to get COVID this morning. So no sporty pizzas for us, fuming. But yeah, loads to chat about, obviously. Um, if you haven't seen, we have released some Scout Report episodes on some of the new signings like Rossiter and Gibbons over the last couple of weeks. And there should be one coming soon on Marquis. Um, and also our YouTube channel is up and running for anyone who's not seen that. We've put out about three videos over the last few weeks. So go and check that out with Gascast Podcast over on YouTube as well. So yeah, go and have a look at that if you would like to. Um, so this episode then is the first one preview in the upcoming season, basically. And we are going to chat about Rovers summer signing so far, how the squad's shaping up, what business is still needed before the window shuts, some tactical options for Barton ahead of the season, and also our hopes and expectations for our first campaign back in League One. So then let's start with the signings, the most exciting bit. And we've had quite a few questions, so thank you very much for those. We're going to drop them in as we go. So let's start with this one then from Daily BRFC, who says, how happy are you with the squad and the players that we have brought in? Completely forgot to introduce you. Right, on the pod is Max. Hello. Hello, Max. How are you feeling? I'm actually fine, just a bit of a scratchy throat, but um, yeah, doing the sensible thing and uh, the old self-isolate. But um, yeah, no, I'm fine. Otherwise, pretty good. Good. And also here is Duke. All right, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not match fit. I'm carrying about a stone more than I was uh, at the end of last season. But it's fine because we won 7 0 to get promoted. So I'm, I'm still riding that that wave. Mm. And we should also mention that you're getting married soon. And the right? reason that we, right. well, one of the reasons we didn't meet up in person is because Max was worried about giving you COVID ahead of the wedding. So. I mean, at least I would have had an excuse then to to call it off. So yeah, true. a bit, bit gutted, actually. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully this will cheer you up. So Rovers have made four signings so far. They are James Gibbons from Vale, James Connolly from Cardiff, Jordan Rossiter from Fleetwood. And obviously the latest one is John Marquis, who joined from Lincoln. And of course, we've had the Anthony Evans contract extension as well. So then let's come to you first, Max. Um yeah, just give me sort of general thoughts on the signings we've made so far and sort of which one you're most pleased slash excited about, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I think we've done great business so far. And if this is kind of an indicator as to how we're going to carry on through the window, I'll be very, very pleased come the end of it. Um, I think it's a very, very strong start to 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 tie Evans down, first of all, on the three-year deal. And then to follow that up with Connolly on a permanent, it just kind of shows that we're trying to not let last season just be a flash in the pan, temporary loan players, one-year deals. And we are trying to 
build on it. Um, and you know, there was a lot of uncertainty as to whether we could retain uh, that talent, uh, whether it would be affordable for us. But we've brought in um, two great players in Connolly and Evans on three-year deals. Um, and it just shows that, that they're going to be the future of the football club, hopefully for the next five, next three to five years. Um, and if not, then we're going to make a pretty hefty uh, profit on both of them. So very happy with those. As for the new new faces, yeah, generally pleased. As always, we're going to have to wait to see how they perform. But I think you know, with Marcus, you've got someone with a good, good proven League One record. Gibbons is someone who Vale fans seem to rate very highly and says he has a very high ceiling. And uh, Rossiter has been been around for a little bit now, and we know what he's about. If he can stay fit, he'll be really good, a good addition as well. So on the whole, yeah, I've got no complaints at all. Um, and like I say, if the next three or four signings can be of the same standard, then we would have had a very, very strong summer, Pro- probably the strongest summer I can remember in um, since that summer where we signed all those players and then got relegated. <laughs> what about you, Duke? Any of the new recruits got you particularly buzzing for the upcoming season? Really like the sound of Gibbons. Um, just just listen to to Vel fans eulogise about him, and he's he's the type of player you love to see as a fan. That kind of blood and thunder. He he gives it everything, hundred and ten percent. And like he's he's got quite a high ceiling by by the sound of things. So it's it's nice having those young players come through, and you think right, they can stay with us for a while, and they're going to improve. Someone like Marquis, slightly underwhelming, maybe quite safe. You, you know he's going to score a decent amount of goals. Um, yeah, so, so I'd, I would I would say some of the younger ones. I mean Evans, I, I know he's with us before, but I think that's the, the biggest signing of the lot, just because he's tried and tested and he's absolute mustard. So yeah, really really solid start. If if we can somehow get Taylor back, then spine of the team is is looking fantastic. So I mean, it's it's really promising. And and yeah, Max, you alluded to the uh, the the great transfer window of that relegation um, season. Um, they weren't tried and tested players, but we, with Barton, we we know he likes that approach. And yeah, we've got a good crop of people come in already. Let's um just stick with Marquis for a little bit then, because obviously he's the most um the most recent and of the the new new players, I guess he's probably the most exciting given his position and all that sort of stuff. So as you've both said, really, proven League One goal scorer, time in Doncaster, he basically scored one in two, time at Pompey, just under one in three, and then second half of last season, he scored five in twenty at Lincoln, uh, where he was sort of in and out the side. Um yeah, I mean. Mixed reviews from Pompey fans. I'm going to speak to one soon, as I said, and do a scout report on uh, on his time there. But his record speaks for itself, really, Max. Um, thoughts on on this one? He's, I mean, he's coming to be our main man at the top of the pitch, right? Well, yeah, he has. But also, I think he's a, a very different option to, to Collins. And I would be surprised if we push Collins out of the way to make room for Marquis. I think it would be more of a case of we try and carry on with what we were doing last season with Collins as the false nine. And then games where we do need a more physical edge, we can play two up front with Collins and Marquis playing off each other um, or Marquis as as the target man. So I think he's, I don't know if he's going to be starting every week. I think he's probably been brought in to give us a different option. I know we got Loft at number nine, but I think Marquis is is, um, a level above really in terms of 
the amount of games he's played at League One level, the amount of goals he's scored at this level over the last 10 years. Um, he'll definitely give us another dimension that we don't currently have. Um, and yeah, I mean, the thing that's... that's got me most striking excited. Max down mid-market. My throat's going. Um, we'll see if, we'll see if I'll last the night. Um, Sean Dyche is back. <laughs> the thing that's got me going about... Um, the most excited about him is just the sheer amount of games he plays every season. He's 40 games every season. He's he's really sharp, really fit. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I know his record lately hasn't been good um, in terms of just last season. But if you ignore the last season, um, over the last the five seasons before that, his worst goal record is 15 goals in a season. And his best is like 23-24. So he's very consistently scoring between 15 and 24 at this level a season. Um, and yeah, last season in and out of the Pompey side, maybe they were looking to replace him. Goes on loan to Lincoln, new surroundings. Sorry, not loan on a short-term deal. Um, new surroundings, maybe doesn't settle. Maybe the Lincoln team weren't playing too well. I know they had a change of manager mid-season. So, you know, a fresh start here with us uh, under a team that's creating lots and um, and doing very well with a lot of momentum. I think he can could be a good asset. And for me, he just seems like um, a low-risk high reward signing so yeah no complaints from me i mean we we need more options don't we 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 we've got the step up to to league 1 and and obviously the back end of last season <laughs> don't need to say how how amazing that was we were just blitzing teams like because the quality of our attacking players was so much better than league 2 defenses we didn't have to be that savvy tactically up, up top but against league 1 defences and, and some a lot of teams that are going to be actually packing more quality than, than we are, we probably do need that that focal point like a, a Marquis in, in certain games. So it just means we can mix it up a, a few more kind of dimensions up, up top. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a yeah, savvy signing, to, to be honest. I think what I find interesting with him is that um, Frosty's done a great piece on Bristol Post with a couple of Pompey journalists, and they both described him. They said it, he's not a target man. Like if you want, if you want to get Marcus in to pump the ball up to him and hold it up and bring others into play, that's not the guy you go after. Um, because they said even though he's six foot one, you know he's quite strong, but he's not a target man. They said he's a poacher, and Danny Cowley, the the Pompey manager said that he's got championship standard movement in the box. And that's basically what they said he is. He's a fox in the box who you put crosses into the box and he's the guy who will nip in front of a defender and head it in or get a flick into the net and that sort of thing. And I watched back a YouTube compilation of his goals and they're pretty much all within the six-yard box. Like he is very much gets on the end of things at close range and taps them over the line. There's nothing spectacular in there. Uh, it's all yeah, very much poachers. And there, there's a stat here that Frosty put in that piece, which says Marquis's last 33 League One goals have all been inside the 18-yard area and 13 of those have been inside the six-yard box. So, I mean, that pretty much says everything about what he is. He's very, very different to Collins. You know, Collins is the man who drops off deep, gets into midfield, gets involved in the play, goes out wide sometimes. I think Marquis has been brought in to be the bloke who... He does a bit of that. Evans is doing a bit of that. We've got people out wide like Harry Anderson getting the ball in. And you just want Marquis to stand between the posts and get his head or foot on the end of deliveries. You know, I think that's why he's here. Um, so, Max, there were obviously strong rumours that we were after James Norwood. 
And I mean, from what I understand, that deal was pretty much as good as done before Rovers moved on to Marquis sort of last minute. Uh, I know that initially you were a bit disappointed that we'd got Marquis instead of Norwood. Um, how are you feeling about it now? Would you have preferred Norwood or have you sort of come round to the signing that we have made? I've come round to the idea. I, you know, I, Norwood is a lot more exciting, obviously, because we've we've seen... Um, you know, he's that tenacious, uh, ruthless kind of goal scorer who's scored a lot of goals at League Two level, came up to Ipswich, had a good start, but has fallen off. Is from, you know, spent a lot of his career in this part of the country with Forest Green. It just made a lot of sense. Um, he seemed to be the kind of personality that you would kind of match up with Barton, um, just an aggressive kind of winner. Um, so, yeah, it kind of ticked a lot of boxes for me. But We've gone for Marquis for whatever reason, and I've yeah I've come around to the idea. Marquis, yeah, I, I was initially a bit disappointed. I, I looked at the last two seasons, and I was a bit like, eh, it's not exactly red hot form. He's maybe not what he was, but you know, sometimes when you go up a division, you just need someone in who knows that league, um, and particularly up front to have a, a striker who knows League One defenders and knows how to score against them, even if he's not scoring the goals himself, but he can then pass on that advice to other players. Uh, it goes a long way. Um, and I just looked at back at Norwood's record and I thought, actually, you know what? He's not played. He didn't play League One until he was 27 years old. He didn't play Football League until he was 26 years old. Um, spent most of his career in non-league. Not saying that makes you a bad player, but versus Marquis, who's been in League One the majority of his career and has still had an outstanding record. Um, yeah, I, I've come around to the idea. Um, and yeah, I've just got to get behind it now and hopefully, hopefully he'll deliver. Yeah, I was also thinking with his time at Pompey, um, you know, he has got mixed reviews from there, but they signed him for something like two million just under from Doncaster yeah. after he'd scored 20 plus in two of his three seasons at Donny. So, you know, he was the probably the hottest property striker wise in the EFL at the time Pompey signed him. They'd have been signing him thinking, right, we're going to splash this huge amount on him, but he's the man who's going to fire us back into the championship. So there's a load of expectation on him, a load of pressure. And he came in, you look at his record, it isn't bad goals-wise. You know, if he got 18 or so, which he got in one season there, if he got that for us this season, I think we'd all be pretty buzzing. Um, but he comes to us as a free sign-in with his stock down a little bit. And it's just very, it's very different. Um, Duke, do you think that will help him with us? It's just a lot less pressure. He's not coming into this club that expects to be championship. The whole mood for him is going to be different, isn't it? And I think with... Uh squad and our style of play we've got goals all around the pitch so it's it's not like we're set up quite conservatively and and we really need that 20 goal a season striker obviously every side wants that and we'd love it if he'd done that for us but I think yeah the, the pressure and, and the way we we play is is going to help him also and I, I, you know I think it probably helps if a signing comes in and fans are slightly un- underwhelmed. That that hype, I, it, I think it rarely goes really right because the expectations are, are way too high. So it's by its very nature normally normally un- underwhelming. So yeah, c- coming in un- under the radar could could suit him. And yeah, the the, the fact we've got amazing attacking talent behind him, uh, he's. he's probably going to fancy his, his chances. Let's move off Marquis then in particular and go back onto the other signings, just finish off there. 
Um, Max, any reservations over any of the signings so far? I'm thinking, for me personally, Gibbons and Rossiter. Um, Gibbons in particular comes in with really sort of rave reviews from Vale in terms of the ability of him. And I believe last January, he was pretty much set to go to Sheffield United. Um, and they're obviously a huge club in the championship looking to get back up to the Prem. So that shows the, the quality he's got. But him and Rossiter, injury records, very, very ropey. Is that something that's a concern for you? I think if they didn't have the injury problems, it might not be with us, to be honest. Um, that's the gamble you take. Um, we've taken that gamble in the past with players. Sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but you can only go with your gut. And when a player like James Gibbons comes available, um, we've obviously jumped at it and we've decided to roll the dice um, and, and hope for, for hope for good injury luck. We've got a physio team who on the whole last season kept us relatively fit. We don't think we had many big injuries last season versus the season before. Um, I think the sports science department was obviously overhauled under Barton. And yeah, I think that was an improvement last season. The squad was very, very fit all the way to the end of the season. Um, no major injuries. So I'm I'm confident in, in, in the sports science team. It's just going to be whether we get bad luck or not. I think Gibbon said that his, um, his, Injury problems are behind him with his with his hamstring, I think it was, and then his first his next game back after recovering, I think he did his ankle. So it's just bad luck, you know. That nothing more than that, I think. You know, you, you get your first name back game back and you roll your ankle and you're out for another couple of weeks. But you know, he played to the end of the season. He he played in the playoff final for Vale, so he is currently fit. Um, and if he says his hamstring injuries are, are behind him and he's got over that, then I trust that and. Hopefully, we with a bit of luck on our side, he can he can get a good forty games under his belt with us because, yeah, he looks a real talent and uh, similar for Rossiter as well. I think had he not had the injury problems he had at Fleetwood, he probably would be moving up a division or moving to a, a top League One club. So, with him, I'm not so worried because we've got a lot of centre mid options um, and he's kind of just a, a gamble that we could afford if he does pick up a, a mid term injury. We're not going to be left with a gaping hole in our side. So. Um, yeah, hopefully that one works out as well and we'll have good injury this season, but uh, you never know with these things. Yeah, Duke, do you think Rossiter's come in to be a sort of squad backup man? Because obviously we've got, well, he's a defensive midfielder. We've got Coots, who that was the role he had in the team last season and he was brilliant. Uh, you expect him to be first choice again this season and Finley next to him. It feels like if you put Rossiter in there as well in a midfield three, that then becomes quite defensive with Rossiter and Coote. So do you think he's going to be more of a squad man? Yeah, you you would you would think there's going to be squad rotation there. And and I think Max is right saying it, it is a punt. He's, he's obviously a quality player and, and if he could stay fit, then he would be playing at a, a higher level so yeah we we can have him come in if he is injured for a lot of the season then we've got two amazing first teamers who it's not like they're backups and we've brought in Rossiter as our, our star man and oh my god we've spent all this money and we haven't got a backup for his position if he ends up coming in and stays fit for the whole season and he's pulling up trees then like what a great bonus that is because if you're going to keep Coots or Finley out out the side, then it's only going to be a good thing for the for the team. So yeah, I think it's quite a savvy gamble. I mean, we we kind of done it with John Nolan last season. That obviously didn't didn't work out, but that didn't affect our our season because we already had that that strength and depth in in the position. So yeah, worthwhile gamble. I mean, it's 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 great that we're 
in a position to be able to do that that gamble. And I mean, credit has got to go with Weil, who's who's obviously back in Byron in in the transfer window, um, and he must have seen the the injury record. And he's, he's thought, yeah, it's it's worth putting my hand in my pocket for that. And well, he's he's come from Fleetwood, so wages wise, it's probably not going to be horrendous. So. Yeah, it's worth it, and yeah, it's nice to see another scouse around the uh, around the squad because we haven't got enough of those at the moment. Let's um, let's move off the new signings then and have a little chat about sort of the status of the the squad as we are well a couple of weeks away from the the start of the season now. Um, got a question here from the Hask who says, "How quickly do you think this team will gel? Do you think the core from last year is strong enough to ensure we are up to speed much quicker?" And I was thinking about this earlier. In my opinion, I think we're going into this season with probably the most um, sort of stability and continuity on and off the pitch than we've probably had since the last time DC took us from one season to the next in League One, where there wasn't a lot of sign-ins. It was the same manager sort of ever since DC left. Every time we've gone from one season to the next, it's either been a manager who hasn't been at the club very long and he's wanting to overhaul the squad. and we've just gone into the next season with a sort of a completely new squad. Sometimes we've made 17, 18 summer signings and shipped as many out and the, the squad's completely changed. Whereas this season, I think we probably will go on to sign maybe seven, eight overall, but the core of the squad is going to be the promotion squad that brought us up. Obviously Barton's now been at 18 months or so. So he's a settled manager, just signed a new deal, obviously. Um, so Max, how obviously Rovers are always shit on the first day of the season. We have no idea how that Forest Green game is going to go. But just in general, do you think that there is more chance of us hitting the ground running this season, say, compared to last? Of course, yeah, massively. Uh, that you know, this team know what they're doing. Uh, I don't think they do need to gel because um, I think probably the starting eleven versus Scunthorpe versus compared to the starting eleven against Forest Green is probably going to be four changes. I would say. Um, depends if we get Connor Taylor back, but you know, I'd say most of that squad's going to be the same with a few new faces. But yeah, we know what we're doing. I think it speaks volumes. You look at that first preseason game um, at Melksham. I went to the one last year where we drew one-one with the Collins. Collins scored uh, the opener, and we drew one-one. Players just didn't know. Didn't didn't look like they knew what they were doing. They didn't know the system. They didn't know their jobs where they were supposed to be. There was no chemistry. And then for the first preseason game back this summer, we go and score six goals. Um, with new players getting in in the goals as well, with Gibbons Gibbons scoring, and a few youth players even scoring as well, just shows that everyone knows the system, everyone knows their jobs, um, and it's just yeah, carrying on with where they pick picking up where they left up, off from. So, I'm I'm full of confidence that we're going to have a good start. Um, like you said, uh, this is probably the first summer we've had the same manager as as last summer, and since DC, it's been chopping and changing of managerial appointments that's probably done us in. And had that inconsistency since uh, since Clark left the club, and um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to the start of the season. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. I know we're starting a bit sooner this year because of the World Cup, but um, yeah, I'm really optimistic, especially with Forest Green. Um, I, I think that that'll be a good test for us. It's always good to test yourself against another team who's come up with you to see if you've um, had a better summer than them. And uh, by all accounts, I think we have. So I'm optimistic for that. I think Burton away, another good fixture, and then Oxford at home, that'll be a good test. So three good fixtures to start. And I, I'm confident we can get to a good start and um, really you know, make an impression on League One rather than just be there for, for the competition, actually show up and you know, make a statement. I'm, I'm confident of that. 
In terms of gelling, it's definitely the centre-back position. I mean, Connor Taylor is, is the man at every gas at once back, partnering Connolly just because that partnership was so strong and it is it's such a pivotal position, couple of positions in a, in a football lineup that even if you get in an experienced centre-back and, and we spend quite a lot on a on a proven one that partnership needs to be on point it's not like you kind of sign a absolute bagsman at, at top and you can put him in any side and he score goals it's not a solitary position when when you're playing that back four and, and you've got the centre-back partnership so I, I do worry about that if if Taylor does end up getting that opportunity at Stoke and then we're scrabbling around for that that replacement um so yeah that that's that's the one area there's question marks and I, I hope we can get that sorted sooner rather than later but I, I would I would think that Rovers you know the recruitment I think we're pretty smart with it now and I think we'll definitely be looking at other options there's no way we haven't got plan B C D E F and um looking at that I would expect even if we did sign Taylor for us to bring in an, an experienced centre back alongside to just uh, to just assist them, um, and failing that, you know, Gibbons I think is someone who can play centre half, and so is Anderton. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about defence at the minute, but yeah, if he did come back, bloody hell, how excited would that be? Bloody hell, indeed. Um, so I just want to go on and chat about a few fringe players. Then, well, there were fringe players last season, um, so I want to have a chat about how we think they will, or the sort of role they could potentially play for us in League One. So we've had this question from Dylan Purchase, which says, "Would you give Westbrook a chance in League One again?" So Duke, you're smiling. I'm going to come to you with that one. Um, no, no. Um, I mean, I, it's one of those where for both parties. It'd be good for Westbrook to to move on. Uh, I, I I don't. He's not a Barton player. I, I, it's just just a non non-starter. I think we kind of knew that he could potentially be a bit of a luxury player when he came into the side initially. Um, yeah, it's it's not happening. It, we've got. There's a, part of me that thinks there is a small part of me that thinks that he came in from Coventry. He had played a big part in their League One promotion campaign the season before. They were going up to the championship. We then signed him from then. At the time, it was seen as this big sort of marquee sign-in. I went back the other day and looked on Twitter at the Coventry uh, fans, their comments um, on there after we signed him. And they were gutted. They were all saying, you know, really disappointed to lose this player. He was such a big player for us last season, blah, blah, blah. So it's not that he can't do it at League One. Obviously... He was absolutely shite for us in the relegation season from League One. But other than McCormick, who wasn't, basically, the whole squad was terrible. You know, we finished rock bottom of the division, so we were just a bad side. And as we said throughout that season, there was no leaders in that squad, no captain material. The sort of harmony and stuff in the squad looked terrible. I think if you give Westbrook a chance now, He's in a squad with the likes of Coots, Finley, Belly, like proper leaders, characters, people who won't let him slack or not go into a challenge. I think if you give him a chance alongside those players, I'm not saying he's going to start every week. I wouldn't start him. There's no way. I'd keep him on the bench and say, you're going to get the odd cameo here and there and you've got to come on and prove yourself. 
I genuinely think he has the talent to do well in League One, but it's just, like you said, Duke, he's probably not a Barton player. I don't know. There's something in it. There's something in it for me, maybe. What do you think, Max? You're not keen, are you? I just think that Evans is everything we wanted Westbrook to be, and we don't really, you know, as long as we've got Evans, then we don't really need everything Westbrook can do. I think Evans just does better. Um, What if Evans gets injured? Yeah, that's a good point. If Evans get it gets injured, then uh, we definitely and we got Zane another... Westbrook. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what um, we were looking at camps, weren't we? Uh, getting camps in. I don't know if he was to come in as a backup for Evans or if he's going to be the plan B if Evans didn't sign. But he's obviously gone to Stockport now. Uh, and then there was talks that we're, we're in for McCormick as well from from Wimbledon. So I think we will probably will bring in another centre mid. We've definitely been looking at another one. Um, so I would be surprised if we didn't bring in another centre mid. And I think that centre mid probably would be more attacking. Um, but who knows? It's, it's up to Zane to 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 push himself into that argument, I guess. Um, hopefully he'll have the right attitude and be up for the challenge. He definitely has a, a route back into this side. Um but I don't think he's going to be this amazing uh, talismanic player that was part of that Coventry side. Because I think, um, yeah, that, that that's not who he is anymore. He's almost needed to reinvent himself over the last two years. So we'll, we'll see what player he turns out to be this season. I, I don't think he'll get masses of opportunities, but hopefully he'll prove us all wrong. Because, yeah, he's, it would be a bit of a romantic story, wouldn't it, if he um, kind of after being almost ostracised by the fan club, comes back and is a great player for us. That, that would be uh, a nice ending to his time at Rovers and potentially maybe not an ending if he if he does well. Yeah, so the other player I wanted to talk about, I guess you wouldn't call him a fringe player because he was injured for most of the season last season, so he didn't have the opportunity to make a name for himself in the Barton side. But um, Alfie Kilgore, uh, Duke, Obviously, he is back fit again this season. We've seen him in the the preseason picks in Portugal with all the lads doing his uh, doing his fitness work and all that sort of stuff. Um, as we've said, centre back wise, at the moment we are pretty light. There's really only him and Connolly as it stands, who are sort of out and out centre backs that you'd want to see in a back four. Do you think that he's got the the potential, the ability, etc., to to sort of make a partnership with Connolly and that to be our our preferred back? back to centre-back wise if Taylor doesn't come back or do you think he'll be a sub and we'll get a, a new man in to be first choice it's it's a difficult one because obviously injuries have blighted him and, and he was playing in a in a really poor side when he last had his last run of games uh, yeah it, it would be it would be nice to have him kind of as that third choice centre-back and, and provide that that competition, I, I, yeah, I, I would worry if it was him and Connolly starting the season. Kind of again going back to my point of partnerships and not knowing what they would play like together. So I think that'd be a worry, and I, th- I think for Alpha it would be quite good for him to ease himself back into the the side because it has been such a long time. So if he can just find his feet a little bit and and maybe get some games in cup competitions, be involved in it in a bit of squad rotation, hopefully. Um so yeah, I, I think it, I think if Taylor comes in, I yeah, I wouldn't mind Alf just being that that backup um and 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 potentially just getting an experienced head who's not going to come in and, and be starting every game. Just that competition for places and just around the dressing room as well. I think it's always helpful having that that older head 
um, at the back, even if they're not technically on on the pitch. That we need someone to replace the uh, the Glenn Whelan dressing room vibes man role. Yeah, somebody else for me to nutmeg basically. Nutmeg at the that's, next that's, promotion party. Yeah, that's that's what we want. Yeah, kind of a a, a Mark Hughes. What what we thought he was going to be like is essentially mm. uh, a, a new Tony Craig. Do you know I was thinking about the awards evening earlier? Um, you nutmegged Glenn Whelan. He's gone. Yeah. You yeah. chewed Tony Warner's ear off about India. He's gone. Um, the only one that actually worked out was you said to Evans to sign. He swore at you, but then has signed. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, so that is that's true. I mean, maybe that um, that cruel to be kind mm. tactic worked with with Evo. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I want to move on then and just have a little bit of a sort of tactics chat because we had quite a few questions on this. Um, so style of play for the upcoming season, uh, Max, I was kind of thinking earlier how, you know, last season we were very much a sort of pressing on the front foot sides, uh, particularly from Christmas onwards, dominating possession. Uh, I think we finished second behind Swindon in terms of average possession per match. You know, we do we did like to keep the ball and play out from the back and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, Bristol Rovers in League Two, it's a very different proposition to Bristol Rivers in League One. You know, we had one of the highest budgets, I would imagine, last season. We had the likes of Elliot Anderson, um, Evans, who, you know, we all said were kind of cheat codes in League Two, really, and shouldn't have been at that level. So do you think that we can look to sort of impose ourselves in games this season like we did last? Or do you think that against these bigger clubs with bigger budgets, you know, we've seen some of the signings that some of these clubs in our division have made, like Derby and Sheffield Wednesday. Do you think we're going to be forced to play a bit more on the counter and change it up a little bit? I think we take the game to these teams. We know our game. We know our what we're about. And we've got momentum. Yeah, we don't have Elliot Anderson, but we do have Anthony Evans. And you say it's a step up for him. Um, I think he is a phenomenal player, both from open play and from dead ball situations. And he's going to be a threat to any, any defence. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge, but... There's no point in adapting and changing your entire game plan because you're worried about other teams. Yeah, you can make tweaks. Yeah, you can be aware of certain threats, but the best form of defence is attack. And I really do think that we need to stick to our strengths, play our game and make other teams worry about us rather than worry about them. Um, But yeah, there are going to be some instances where we are going to need to change it up. We are going to be a little bit less gung-ho, a little bit more aware defensively of the threats teams pose, particularly with the quality of um, some of the teams at this level is, is you know, almost championship standard. There's a bit of a bottleneck with teams going up. Um, and there's some some brilliant players at this level, particularly like the players Derby have brought in this in the past few days. So, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, but it's a challenge we should relish and we should make people stand up and pay attention to Bristol Rovers because we have had a brilliant campaign last year. Um, and the momentum's with us. So we need to ride, ride you know, guns blazing through the gates of hell and, and show this league what we're about. Um, and, you know, I, I back us. I really do. I, I, I'm not at all concerned. I think we will we will have a good campaign. And, and our mentality is, is so strong. When you were speaking then, I was just thinking about the England cricket test side and the amazing run chases we, we've had recently. And all of that has changed with mentality. Like the, the personnel hasn't changed m- much, but the, the captain and the coach that have come in are like, let's, let's, let's attack. Let's really get on the front foot. And like England have been playing against fantastic test side in New Zealand and, and India. 
So it's a case of not going within yourself because it's so easy to think, oh God, we're making this step up to to League One. We need to be conservative and and, and try and nick a goal. As soon as you do that, you do start getting into to negative thought patterns and, and you're not you're not sticking to your, your strengths. It's basically saying these are our strengths. We are gonna believe in ourselves and and crack on. And obviously with Barton's mentality, I don't think we've got any doubt at all that he's gonna be thinking, all right, we, we better be conservative and, and go within ourselves. It's gonna be quite the opposite. And and yeah, we are riding the crest of the waves. So we, we do need to to go with that momentum. Perhaps we do get um pumped by a couple of the the big boys, but that's fine because we're we're pumped some of the like mid table and, and lower table sides, which which is good enough for, for next season. So fuck it, let's do it. So um we've had a couple of similar questions. Uh I'll just read them out here quickly. So we've had one from dot 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 dot. I'm not sure if that's Morse code or something, but They've said, do you think there will be a major change in formation tactics with this squad or just minor tweaks? And then John Cosolino has said, what formation do you see us playing next season? I feel we may attempt three at the back again. What formation would you like to see us play as opposed to what you think we will? So Max, obviously we started last season with a three. We pretty much played that up until Christmas, then changed it to a four. As we all know, the four then led us to promotion, really. Everything clicked once we changed to that. Um, as we sit here today, obviously, there's still almost two months of the window left to go. So who knows what players and what positions we could bring in between now and then. But as we sit here right now, are you expecting Rovers to to stick with that back four? Or do you think Barton could be tempted to go back to the back three if he's got wing backs that suit it more, if he can bring in some centre backs that suit it more. Cause I do think he likes that system. You know, he played that when we came down from league one after he came in, he then obviously tried to build a squad to start the season with that last season. So he obviously does like that way of playing, but how do you think he'll go this season? I think he will start with four at the back. Um, and then he will try and bleed in three, four, three, which I think is his preferred formation but he didn't have the right personnel for it last campaign or indeed the campaign before when we went down. I think he wants to do that, um, but I, I can't see him changing a winning formula. Um, going by the first preseason game, obviously hard to judge too much on one game, but we played four at the back. We played the same system, 4-3-3. Um, and it seems like we've recruited for that. My only concern would be that we don't have, we've, I think we've only got one winger in the squad and that's Harry Anderson. We lost three wingers in Luke Thomas, Sam Nicholson and Elliot Anderson. And we've not really at all prioritised bringing in wingers. Um, so that would suggest that maybe we, we will be going 3-4-3 three, three, or maybe playing players like Saunders and Collins out wide as kind of wide forwards rather than wingers. Um, yet, obviously, we'll find in the coming weeks as we play more preseason games, but... I'm yet to really see him commit to either. Um, we don't really have the wing backs for, for four at the back or indeed the centre backs for, for, for three at the back, sorry. But um, we don't have the wingers for four at the back yet either. So uh, I think he will, my gut feeling is that he'll stick to four three three, 3 uh, And then as time goes on, he'll try and evolve it and, and see, what, see what he can do in, in League One with, with a different system if it, if it improves us or regresses us. Um, but I think his bedrock is is how we played last season and the tail end of last season. And he'll, he'll kind of use that as his benchmark and then maybe try and adapt it here and there. 
Yeah, I think in like an attacking sense as as well, I think Collins would be well suited for, for one of those wide attacking options. And obviously Marcus through the middle would be, would it would make a lot, a lot of sense. But yeah, they're, they're still missing personnel. And I think you're, you're right to highlight the uh, the winger situation and, and obviously kind of right wing, we're, we're really, really lacking there. And you you often think when you, when you go up, you want a bit of pace to get in behind a side if, if they're going to have a lot, a lot of the ball. So yeah, it's going to be very telling on, on the, the next signings we, we have in. And, and then, then we will kind of suss out what, what the, the likely formation is going to be. I think for me, as we, as we sit here right now, I think the squad smacks of a back three because you've got, in terms of wing backs, you've got Gibbons, who we've signed, who apparently that's his sort of preferred position. On the other side, you've got Trevor Clark, who is a wing back, who we didn't see a lot of last season for various reasons. Um, he also played Josh Grant at left wing back quite a bit. He also used Harvey Saunders there as well when he was fit. And I thought he looked quite good at left wing back a few times, got a few goals from that position. Um, on the right, you've also got Harry Anderson, who we used there quite a bit. Um, and then in terms of the centre-backs, although we've not got too many out-and-out centre-backs, Gibbons apparently played on the right of a back three quite a bit for Port Vale. I know he did it on the day they went up at Wembley. Josh Grant has played on the right of a back three quite a lot. Nick Anderson's played on the left of a back three quite a bit. So there is quite a lot of players who can sort of fit into the sort of back five positions in that formation. Don't know. Interesting. Maybe I'll use a bit of both. We'll see. I'm scared. Um, I'm scared of three at the back. I'm, what scares not... you about it? Talk to me. It's a, it's a safe space. I've, Talk to I've, me. I've been hurt. I've been hurt by it in the past. I'm it's not... done you yeah. wrong, hasn't it's, it? It's done you it's wrong. Done... I've just got too much trauma around it. Mm. Um, every time we've tried it under under Coughlin, under DC, under Garner, under Tisdale, under Barton, it's just gone wrong at League One level every time. Do you um do you wake up in a sweat at night sometimes thinking about Rovers in the back three? Three four three. Brett Pittman leading the press. I and I'm pool of my own sweat just is that not the COVID? hours led awake yeah might be but, but then on the flip side thinking i keep speaking about it but how great conley and taylor was it's like if we get taylor back it would seem absolutely foolish to then go to a, a back three because it's that classic like if it's if not broke like why are you trying to fix it but i, I yeah i do get your, your point about personnel and there's more of an argument Four three at the back with with wing backs, but because, I mean because we were so amazing at the the back of last season to to then tweak it that that drastically, um, could, yeah, it could be one of those where where we where we start off where we left off last season and then tweak it as as it goes through, like you say, kind of bleed it through and and kind of have that as a a backup formation um, for tactical changes w- within a game. I think that would be the the most likely, and yeah, it's a case of then getting personnel for for both those systems, which we're kind of we're getting towards. Yeah, so Max, um, as I said, window shuts end of August, so we're still quite a way off that. Uh, as we sit here right now, how many more additions do you think are needed to sort of complete the squad before the window shuts? Needed four, would like five or six. Um, but I think four. I think we need two centre backs and two wingers, and we're there um, uh, with a side that could definitely compete uh, in the top half of the of, of the of the table. 
Um, would like a fifth, maybe another attacking centre mid like we discussed to cover for Evans um, or another striker of a different mould. Um, but yeah, I, I think for two centre-backs, two wingers would, would be my next priority. What about you, Duke? Yeah, can't really argue against that, though I am absolutely gagging for McCormick. I would, oh, I, I would, I would love him to come back. You, you, you're not convinced by that, Max? Luke McCorker. No, I am. Luke oh, you are. Oh, yeah, I, I, I didn't, didn't realize that was a that was a good sound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's so good. I've I've seen people say, "Oh, yeah, but what about those relegations on his CV?" But I think there's goals. I know, but I think that makes Goal him like, even better. He's like he's absolutely slayed it in like two really poor sides, and yeah, he's got so much to his game, and he's young and. He got on really well with Barton and he just seemed like a really nice lad. Just oh, get him in. He just he would fit the mould perfectly, I reckon. Also, at the risk of sounding like your sort of stereotypical proper football man, he just he wanted it. Like he was passion. only on passion. Yeah. So much passion. He was only on loan from Chelsea. <laughs> he was a young player, but he was pretty much week in, week out, the only player who actually looked like they wanted it in that squad. And he would yeah. go into tackles. Obviously, Max, you and I were um, commentating on quite a lot of those games uh, at, at an empty yeah. mem. And I, one of the main things I remember doing that commentary is just looking at McCormick and him just screaming at his teammates around him and screaming at people like Westbrook for bottling out of tackles and Aimer for being an absolute... His screams bouncing off the, the cricket pavilion and... Yes. The, uh... And the rugby tent. McCormick yeah. was ringing around BS7. I just think... He's, he's the just... one that got away, isn't he? He's like, yeah. had we stayed up, we definitely would have got him on a free. He mm. went to Wimbledon instead to stay in League One. And now he's, he's the poor kid's going to be rotting in League Two unless we can save him and bring him back to carry off to carry on where he left off. Um, I think he'd be a great addition. I really do. Mm. I, I think he'd, he'd be a great rotation for the likes of Finlay uh, and good backup in, for, for Evans because he's got that tenacious battling midfielder um, persona to him but also was really creative and really attacking and he was a great goal scorer for us he scored scored a lot of goals um from good positions and just i think he'd suit being wider the wider of a front man or also in behind or also as part of a midfield too i think he's got he's the full package and yeah i think to be honest i don't think it's going to happen i think if jch goes to watford and we get a big um sell-on fee i think we'd probably reinvest it and try and bring him in um but i think you know, if he was available on a free, he'd be signing. But I think the the 200, 300 grand that they want for him, we just don't have right now. But if JCH moved and we it freed up some funds, I could definitely see us going for him for sure. We cannot let that man rot in League Two, can we? Let's get a, a go GoFundMe going or something. We've got to, got to save that man's career. Um, so I just want to finish off by having a general chat, really, around the season, expectations and hopes and that sort of thing. Max, I'll start with this one then. Loads of big games to look forward to. Loads of games against local clubs. Excited for the new season? Very excited, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like we've um, yeah, we obviously had a very bad campaign. We got relegated and bouncing back at the first time of asking. I think we, we're coming back to League One with a bit of unfinished business. We never really, uh, in, the, in the five, six seasons we were in League One after DC took us up, we never really made an impression. We kind of were just there. We were just taking part. I think we... We need to make it our mission to um, be one of the talked about teams. Um, and, and and we definitely have the tools to do that. I don't think we're going to be in danger of relegation. Um, clip that up for May when we 
have a terrible campaign. But uh, I, I don't. I really don't think there's much danger of that. I think we've got too much momentum and too many good players to be down there. So for me, this season is about enjoying being back. It's about relishing the big games, and I wouldn't say free hit, but you know, there's license for us to just let loose and just see what happens. Uh, really see how far this momentum can carry us. Um, I think we're in for a good campaign. I'm looking forward to it. Duke, do you think, I like what uh, Max said there about sort of unfinished business in League One for us. Do you think that for Barton in particular, that's also the case? Because obviously he came in and took us down from League One and we know that he sees himself really as managing, you know, a championship Premier League club one day. I'm sure that's his aim and ambition. He doesn't want to stick around in, in League Two and certainly, you know, these lower divisions. So do you think that for him from a personal point of view, he's got even more motivation than ever this season to go out and prove that he can put together another good league one side like he did at Fleetwood when he got them into the playoffs to go and back that up at another club after bringing us up from league one would really you know do a lot for his reputation yeah I mean like you say he's um, made no bones about the fact that he sees Rovers as a a stepping stone for for loftier uh, clubs and and ambitions that, that he's got so yeah, he he's going to be relishing this this opportunity and and to to probably put to bed the relegation because obviously like fingers were pointed at, at him for the, the relegation. Obviously there was there was a lot of factors and and three managers in in that campaign. So then he can turn around and say like, look, that that really wasn't my squad and perhaps I could have done better, but it was a real lost cause, a real sinking ship. But but now I've I've got my team together. Um, oh, I think England just hit the crossfire, so I'm getting distracted by the Euros. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, now it's it's my oh they have scored. Now it's my my team. Um, let's let's show everyone what what we're about. And I think the I think whenever you ha- you feel that that despair, that can be such a motivating factor because it it, it cuts so deep and, and and you do want to prove people wrong so I think that's going to be a, a big a big driving force as well so now we've got that promotion back I think we can put a positive spin on on the relegation that yeah it is going to be a, a big um a, a big motivating factor and a, a real point to prove and we've got a great squad great momentum to do it so yeah let's let's show everyone what, what we're about yeah, Max, I was just thinking earlier as well, just how good the vibes are around the club at the moment. You know, you've got record season ticket sales at the Mem. Um, games are selling out or close to selling out weeks in advance. Um, Forest Green's obviously sold out. Oxford, I think, is pretty much. Even the Shrewsbury game at the end of August, which isn't for you know quite a while yet, that's close to selling out, I believe. So it seems like it's going to be quite hard if you haven't got a season ticket to get a ticket at the Mem this season to watch Rovers. Just how nice is it just to have after some of the shite seasons we did go through after Daryl left, just to have this amount of positivity back around the club. Yeah. And even just like six months ago, you know, there was Christmas time. We were all, me particularly, very negative and just didn't see much of a future for for, for the club and the side and couldn't see beyond the end of the season. And now, you know, the vibes are great. There's people, people talking about whether we're going to move to a new stadium, the fruit market kind of uh, rumour mill kind of, turns on and um, the fan base just generally seems to be optimistic about the club's future. We're not in debt anymore. We've got a fantastic owner who who backs the manager financially. Um, we've Training got a manager, ground. 
training ground yeah and, and like you say game selling out i know we have a bit of a reduced capacity versus uh two three years ago and it but that just kind of i almost prefer that if we're if the mem is packed to the rafters um it just l- tends to a better atmosphere so yeah i think we're definitely in a stronger place than we were um before the pandemic hit and yeah all, all the tools are there now for us to go on and, and kick on and and shoot for the championship that's our goal um we shouldn't think that you know we're not we're not a big enough club for that yet because we don't have a, a, a new stadium or anything like that or fancy players we can go for it if Wickham can do it if Burton can do it if Yeovil can, Yeovil can do it um we can certainly do it and and I, I think we can make a really good go of it and 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 try and get up there because you know that's not been done in my lifetime or I don't think either of your lifetimes either so um yeah that that's got to be the goal and um, hopefully the other things we've talked about will we'll follow soon after. We're going to be bottom at Christmas, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Duke, what would you view as being a good <laughs> season for Rovers in our first season back in League One? So we've touched on this a little bit already, but what would you look back on if we're sat you know, in this position in a year's time, look back on our League One season, what would you be happy with? Mid-table and putting in some good performances and some good wins against some of the big boys in the league to, to show that, you know what, we can do it. Probably not going to do it consistently throughout the season because we haven't got that that resource, but showing, look, like we are good enough. Like if we can swat away some of the the lower teams when we play them and, and yeah, put a good fight against the, the top sides and yeah, even dominate them in in some instances i think that will prove to be a successful campaign and it's crucial for that building for the season after as well and and you can say to players look we're still on an upward trajectory we just need a bit of added quality to to push us on you can be that added quality so it's just that that momentum thing so just just keep that momentum going show that we're more than a match for anyone in this this team. And I think, yeah, put, put on a show. We we have got some talented players and I just love it to love to see them prove it at a higher level. Good stuff. All right. Well, I just want to end then by doing league position prediction and we will revisit this uh, in a year's time. Completely pointless because there's so many signings to be made by everyone and we have no idea what's going to happen, but um, let's give it a go anyway. So, Max, I'll come to you first. Uh, predict the position, finishing position for Rovers in League One. Last season, I predicted we'd be 12th in League Two. Um, and we obviously massively uh, superseded that. Um, and I was quite negative, but I've got nothing but positivity this summer. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really backing us to, to carry on making statements in the transfer market and, and building on what is a fantastic team, in my opinion. Um, I think we're going to finish ninth. That's my prediction. I think we're going to finish in the single digits. Um, top half for the first time since DC took us up and an improved improved finish on that I think I'm, I'm just really confident Alright Duke Yeah I'm going to go 12th so I, I mean I'd, I'd be really happy with that really happy it's just yeah there, there's some massive teams in, in the league and like I said we, we, we mustn't fear them and I don't think we will and I think we will prove to be a good match but I mean 12th is, is going to be like a, a brilliant uh, finish so yeah 12th I think I'll I'll go around the area. You are Max, I think. Yeah, ninth, tenth, that sort of region. Um, I mean, we were chatting about Wickham earlier, and you know, Wickham budget must be pretty tiny compared to some of the clubs in League One this season and the past few seasons. But 
they seem to just consistently get in those playoffs every year in League One. They punch above their weight. And I think they do it through, as you said, they've got a good manager in Ainsworth. But also, you can sort of tell from the outside that the team spirit there is just amazing. And they fight for each other. They're really fit. And those home games, because of their style of play, they're quite long ball. They make it a horrible place to go, Adams Park, for these bigger clubs. And although I don't think we're going to be a long ball side, I think we can make the mem like that this season, you know. I think the mem, especially when you get a big club come into it, they're, they're going to bring big away followings, you know, the likes of Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, etc. Uh, and all the local clubs, obviously, Plymouth, Oxford, they're going to fill out that away end. And we've not had that. Obviously, last season, some of the away followings were tiny because these clubs are quite small. Harrogate, Salford, Barrow, etc. They're bringing 100 fans. There's not much to compete with as a fan base, you know, atmosphere wise. But I think when we've got, I reckon half the games maybe in League One, that away end is going to be full. And I really think it's going to sort of make the Mem a really great atmosphere for these for these home games. And uh, yeah, hopefully make, we can make it a bit of a fortress. So I'm going to go for, yeah, ninth, 10th, and I'll be really happy with that. So um, yeah, let's see how we do. Um, let's leave it there then. So thank you very much to everyone for listening and for all the questions. We will be back with our next main pod in probably a fortnight's time, I would imagine. Uh, back at the Sporty, hopefully, as long as Max has recovered. Yeah, I'll be fine. And uh, we should have our shiny new recording mixer by that oh, as well. Nice. Big uh, shout out and thank you to everyone who supported us on the Patreon. Um, yeah. Helps us uh, improve our equipment and yeah, produce better quality episodes for you guys to listen to. So really appreciate that if you do want to jump on that it's uh, patreon.com forward slash gascast yeah echo that so that was gascast summer signing uh it should as you said make the recording quality even better than it is when we do it from the sporty so yeah look forward to that and uh, obviously as we go through the summer any more signings we'll release more scout report episodes um but yeah, yeah. Keep, keep an eye on the youtube as well we're going to have some more uh videos up on there really appreciate all the good comments we've had on that um if you do you want to hear about anything particular on the YouTube channel? Uh, drop us uh, an at on Twitter. Just uh, just uh, tag us in a in a tweet um, what you'd like to see, and we'll uh, we'll whip something up for sure. That's uh, definitely an area we're growing into. So yeah, really appreciate the support on that as well. Yeah, and we are also interviewing Tom Gorringe uh, tomorrow evening, so Thursday evening this week, Thursday the seventh. So. If you're listening to this and it's not Thursday evening yet, then tweet us or Facebook message us a question for Tom and we will do our best to get it to him. So thanks for listening, guys. And until next time, up the gas. Up the The gas. gas.